0: welcome to the have you met her yet podcast this podcast highlights the accomplishments confronts the uncomfortable and addresses our most fascinating questions about women in the workplace who they are what they do why you should know them join me your host Lindsay dunn each week as i interview a new influential woman in the workplace it is my passion to share their incredible stories You can expect real conversations, lessons, and stories from Canadian women who are thriving in their industries. Have You Met Her Yet? is brought to you by Pink Crown Creative, a Canadian creative agency and community. In this week's episode, I speak with Nadia Leduc, founder of Marlowe. I can't wait for you to meet Nadia. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Have You Met Her Yet? Today I have Nadia with us. Nadia, thank you so much for joining me. Um, please introduce yourself, share a little bit more about who you are, um, what you do, and how you got to where you currently are today in your career.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm super excited for this conversation. Uh, my name is Nadia. I'm one of the co-founders and CEO of Marlow, and we're a new menstrual wellness brand that has created the first ever lubricated tampon. It all started when one of my co-founders shared that she has a lot of pain and discomfort when inserting a tampon, and she's always been a very active individual. She was a competitive swimmer, and so she felt that not being able to use a tampon really limited her in that lifestyle and in her sport, and she would watch as people on her team or other individuals would actually drop out of sports or miss practices while on their period because they didn't have products that worked for them. And so she was really determined to find some kind of solution. And she went to the gynecologist and the gynecologist told her to spit on her tampon to make it easier to insert. And wow. we just remember hearing that story and a similar reaction being so shocked at the lack of innovation that's in the space. And it sent us on this deep dive and this spiral of everything that needs to be disrupted in this space. The branding is so overly feminine when it's not inclusive to everyone who might menstruate. There's a lot of lack of sustainability in these products, which is something we're prioritizing. And the overall conversation around this space, there's so much stigma, even though it's something that happens to 50% of the population. So we saw that this was broader than just one product. There's an entire space and category that has the opportunity to be disrupted. And we are really really inspired and excited to start working on it. So we've been working on it for the last two years now. Um, We work full-time on it as our our full-time job and career. And we're just really passionate about both this space, but entrepreneurship in general, and being able to give back to the entrepreneurial ecosystem and inspire more young women and young entrepreneurs to join entrepreneurship.
0: Wow, um, so many things that you shared that I want to touch on. Um, the first thing being, you know, it's it's so true everything you have said about um periods tampons menstruation women's health in general it's always been tabooed um, a lot of your messaging i like that you have like whispers and misinformation like that is just women's health and and sometimes women in general like we always have to like be really quiet and like not offend someone even though you you know 50 percent of the population goes through this and we're still really unsure about talking about something that happens monthly um, so yeah, that's that's one thing that's amazing to talk about. Um, so Merlo, I'd, I had never heard of you before until you reached out to me and you know, you sent me a package of your tampons as well as the lubrication. And um, I was really blown away by this. Um, I definitely have heard past friends, even myself go through s- some things. I mean, when you're l- later in your cycle, sometimes it's, it's painful. It's a bit drier mm-hmm. in your cycle. Um, and using... The tampon plus the lubricant, it was such a game changer. I have i would have never thought about that before. I mean, I don't even know if any conversations I've had with friends, they've sought help or advice or if they've gotten solutions. I've truly never heard of it ever before. I don't even know if tying together lubrication would have ever been a thought. I don't know if anyone, even though it's safe, um, during sexual intercourse. I don't know if anyone would ever think it would be something you could use with a tampon. So that's one thing that's so interesting to learn as well and know that it's safe and, and what you've provided is, um, is, is supposed to be helping, um, better help the, the environment. Um, and then the other piece I want to talk about is the courage it takes to start a company and be an entrepreneur. Um, so I kind of want to start with that piece um where did that come from i mean people have great ideas every day you know there's many times over a glass of wine i've, I've talked about oh my god these crazy innovations i want to have with my friends um but where did that work actually start you know who like what education did you have what maybe help or assistance did you have um if you can share that i do find um especially on social media a lot of um people get this glamorized version of being an entrepreneur it's like easy you know you mentioned you'd started two years ago um but you know I, I like to learn the struggles I li- like to learn how hard it was to do it you know what help what education um what support um because a lot of that isn't shared in people who do want to be entrepreneurs sometimes um think it's really easy and you know if you can share a little bit more about that that would be great
1: definitely no it's completely true that there's, I, I completely agree and it's something I'm really passionate about sharing as well Is the struggles of entrepreneurship because it is often glamorized and there's so many parts of the story that people don't see. Um, For me, I never even thought about entrepreneurship. I went to a business program, um, the Ivy Business School at Western University, and there it wasn't even something that was really promoted as a career path. You had, you know, management, consulting, accounting, marketing, investment banking. Entrepreneurship was never really presented as a viable choice. And so we had done a entrepreneurship capstone project at school, but it was more, it just felt like, okay, this is going to be a school project. We're just going to see how it goes. But it was during that school project that we actually did the initial customer research for Marlowe and started to get some of these ideas. And it was at the end of that course that our professor said, I think you actually have something here. This seems like such a cool solution. I really can't believe that no one's thought of this before. I think you guys should really consider working on this and and to keep going with this. So I think if it wasn't with the support of that mentor and some of the professors we had at school, it wouldn't have been something we pursued full time. So we definitely owe a lot to them. Um, We actually were all kind of doing full-time jobs after we graduated for a year while we were kind of working on Marlowe in the background and on the sidelines. And once we kind of completed some research and development and got these approvals from Health Canada and FDA, and we raised some investor money we decided to make the jump to work on it full-time but I think that was one of the challenges and one of the struggles was you don't really have much income stability when you're starting off in entrepreneurship things can change there's so much ambiguity no one knows you know what the right work what the right like playbook is or the steps to build a company we didn't have much of a science background we had mentors and advisors that helped us along the way but going through the Health Canada and FDA process was something completely brand new to us Mm -hmm. and we were doing that during the COVID 19 pandemic. So you can imagine wow. how busy <laughs> these regulatory bodies were during all of that. Um, so that was definitely a challenge as well. And also going through the fundraising process, it's something that is a product that most men investors who don't menstruate don't understand the need for and we've gotten a wild number of questions and stories from different people and comments but we've gotten really good at kind of telling our story and showing why this is a need and why this is so important for people and it successfully resulted in our fundraising round so I think that was definitely a big challenge throughout the process as well.
0: Oh that's so wonderful I'm I'm really happy to hear that you had buy-in right away from your professors and mentors um just curious, were they male or female?
1: They were male, um, so male. that was something really excited and or, um, exciting about the opportunity was that they never really questioned us. We've had a lot of people throughout this journey who have questioned us and we've had to get good of, and become resilient at handling rejection. Um, but those professors have been so supportive, even to this day, they reach out and see if there's anything they can do to help us.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. Um, and then in terms of rejection, what kind of rejection were you receiving? What was the feedback like?
1: I think one thing that keeps coming up is that people think it's a really niche space, which is so funny to me because we were talking about how it impacts 50% of the population and the fact that it's viewed as a niche space is kind of funny that that's the way it is. Um, I know Joanna Nix, the founder of Nix, had put out this article recently, I think just last week, about how she got similar comments from investors that people kept telling her it was a niche space. And now she just had one of the largest exits by a Canadian women founder. So it's kind of goes to show when you have people like that, the inspiration and the determination and grit that she had um, is like incredible. And she's so inspiring. And I think we should just be able to learn from that, that there are going to be people who kind of don't understand what you're building along the way, but how can we use that as fuel and motivation to keep going and and prove them wrong, essentially?
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Um, So you mentioned that you have a few co-founders and business partners, um. What does that look like? You know, I'm a business owner, and and I dream of of sometimes having other team members. And and I was really really lucky to hire a few team members during the pandemic, um, but to have team members from the get go and and people who you know believe in your mission and have each other's back. Um, so, what does that kind of look like with at Marlow?
1: we have a team of four co-founders and we are have so much respect for solo founders and business owners like yourself because we can't even imagine all the challenges we already go through going through that alone must be so difficult so we're so we have so much respect for solo business owners it's nice for us because we all kind of came from different backgrounds with different experiences. And so we all kind of clearly had our own area that we wanted to take on. I came from more of a strategy consulting background. So I do like our investor relations and more of that strategic planning. One of our co-founders came from like a brand and creative direction um, role. So she does more of our marketing. One came from like a finance role. So she does our projections and handling cash flow management. And then one came from like a community building Um, role. So she does more like growth and partnerships. So it was so nice that everyone already kind of had that clear area of responsibility. And because we were friends before, we have actually known them all since first year of university, we almost had this underlying already level of trust and support that you never want to let down one of your friends. And it motivated us to even work harder and be there for each other. And if any one of us is ever having a bad day, we know that we can kind of be there for each other and lift each other up. But if we were doing it alone, maybe if, if one person had a bad day, if you're the only person working on it, it's kind of hard. Whereas now we can kind of take turns playing that role and being there for each each other and supporting each other through all the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of this whole journey
0: oh that's so amazing um it absolutely takes a lot of courage to have a team and and to trust each other um and it's so great that you were able to find that in other co-founders and that you're all just continuing to kind of move forward with the same goal definitely so I want to talk a little bit about funding. Um, so I've had another entrepreneur he, on uh, on my podcast before where they talked about um, funding and raising capital. It's still so scary and foreign to me. Um, you know, tell me a little bit more about how that kind of works and, and maybe if you can share a little bit of your experience.
1: For us, we knew we wanted to raise capital because we had some initial startup costs that just wouldn't be able to be funded through other means. I know some people put kind of some of their personal savings or take loans from family and friends, but for us, we had to do all of the initial regulatory testing to bring this product to market and then place the initial inventory orders. So it just seemed too much for us to fund personally or through family and friends And so we decided to go down the route of raising capital, but by no means is that the only route. I know a lot of founders who have bootstrapped and who have become so successful without even raising capital. Um, But for us, we did go down that path. We had to get ready to pitch our story to many different people. And it's funny because everyone has a different opinion of what the right pitch looks like, or everyone would be sharing feedback. And so I think a learning throughout that process was taking all of the feedback, understanding it, but also knowing that you're the one building the business. You know it best. You know the space best. And so taking that feedback with a grain of salt to see, okay, will this actually work for my business? Or are they trying to kind of put something on it that might not actually work? And so I think at the beginning, we were trying to take all this feedback and just incorporate everything, but we got really good at kind of compartmentalizing and seeing what parts should we take? What parts shouldn't we? Um, And it took a six month long process to raise that first round. We raised $500,000, but once it was done, we were so happy and so proud of everything we had done and the kind of initial milestones it allowed us to achieve.
0: Wow. Wow. That's huge. That's, that's amazing. Um, so what, what does things look like at Marlow right now? What are some of the initiatives that you're taking on? Um, any future plans that you want to share? Um, yeah. What, what's kind of happening right now? Mm -hmm. Right now, one of our biggest
1: focuses is growing our community and getting the brand out there. And so we do a bunch of different kind of digital initiatives where a big part of what we do is our social media community. TikTok especially has been such a great platform for us. And we've had so many videos go viral talking about this product and talking about the reason why we're building this brand. So continuing to double down on that community growth. We've been partnering with micro influencers, so sharing the product with them, getting them to share the products with their communities, as well as doing like in person activations. So we held one at Stacked Market in Toronto, at the Yorkville Village, and just kind of having opportunities to have people interact with our brand in real life post pandemic world. Um, And now we're actually starting to embark on some retailer partnerships. So that's been an exciting new milestone for us. We launched on well.ca, which was awesome and are now starting to speak with some of the larger retailers around potential partnerships there. So that would be kind of our next milestone of growth, as well as Future products is definitely in the works as well. We wanna work to be building a one-stop shop for menstrual and sexual wellness and being a safe space for people to get all of the innovative products, but also that education piece and that community and safe space to have their questions be answered. So continuing to work towards that broader vision through new products and through category expansions.
0: That's amazing. Um, I know that you originally said you launched in the pandemic. Um, what's it been like to finally meet your consumer in person? I mean, you've been able to do all of these things, pop ups in person before. I'm sure it was a lot of social media, a lot of website, a lot of that kind of feedback. Um, so what what has your feedback been like um, when people are able to see your product in person and, and learn more about it? It's been so exciting.
1: I think for us, it's a big priority for us to always speak to our customers. So even in the pandemic world, we were having Zoom calls like this with with customers and hearing about their experiences, taking note of their feedback. People would share messages with us that they thought they were broken or they thought something was wrong with them because they never were able to use a tampon and they didn't realize that other people went through the same problem. So it was so powerful to hear those stories, but now hearing them in person, face-to-face is even more powerful. And sometimes people will walk by and Say, oh my god, I've seen you on TikTok, or oh, I actually already follow oh. your Instagram, or oh, I'm a subscriber of yours. And being able to see that and have that connection in person with them is awesome. It's no longer just family and friends supporting us, there's this broad community that actually knows about us and people who we've never met in the US and in other parts of Canada who are supporting our brand. So it's really exciting to see the overall feedback and reception. Um, and I think as a business owner, every time you're like, wow, how have you heard of us? Please tell us. But it's exciting no yeah. matter who kind of comes up to you and shows that. they know the brand
0: oh yeah that's such a humbling feeling um and like you said things go viral so quickly on tiktok and i've seen some of your tiktok videos are so informative um they're very like fun and lighthearted but also very educational as well very necessary information Um, so i think yeah your team is doing a wonderful job with that Um, what sort of lessons have you learned starting a business and being sort of in um, women's the woman's health space?
1: Man, there's so many. It's so <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> I think one would be getting comfortable testing ideas. I think when you start an entrepreneurship, a lot of people think that you have to have everything right from the beginning. And, you know, there's this pressure of we can't launch or we can't put something out there until it's absolutely 110% perfect. But I think a big part of your advantage as a startup is that you can move quickly and you can have that direct interaction with your customers that larger companies might not necessarily be able to have. And so we've gotten really good at, you know, just putting out a customer survey and seeing what people think or putting out something that maybe is not fully baked, but half baked and just seeing with a small group of people, how they react to it before putting it out to a broader audience. And so I think being able to take that feedback test and learn and then, do something differently, if it's something as small as copy on the website and doing kind of A-B testing or sending new product samples to different members of our community and getting their feedback, that's something that's been really powerful for us is just that test and learn approach. And it's such an advantage as a startup.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice is, is that testing. As you mentioned, a lot of people think you need to have something perfect, but it's great that you are able to kind of take that time behind the scenes to test trial and error um, I mean, that's truly the only way you, you, you learn and you know, what people are looking for is talking to your audience, but also trying different things to see what's kind of going to stick. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think
1: another one would also be the power of our network. And we have this motto of always take the call. Um, there's so yeah. many introductions we've had have been from other people in our network, and maybe that person might not be able to help you, but they might know someone who will. And so it's always more powerful to have a warm introduction or connection from someone else in your network. And I feel like a lot of people underestimate the power of that. But so many of our mentors has, have been game changing in leading our business forward. We did a number of accelerators and incubators, which have kind of moved the dive forward. And we're really passionate about then giving it back. And I know growing up, my dad always gave me the quote, a rising tide lifts all boats. So the idea that if you're doing well, if you're getting this advice and the success, how can you then continue the circle and pass it forward? So it's something we definitely do. We mentor high school students um, in entrepreneurship and work with different university clubs because it's something we're passionate about, inspiring more people to pursue entrepreneurship. And even though it's risky, even though it's scary, it's so rewarding and it's so impactful building something of your own. And at such a young age to, to think about all the things we've learned and experienced at, so far, it's, it's wild mm-hmm. to us. So how can we then inspire more people to go on this journey?
0: I love that it's so important to give back. Um, I know I've benefited greatly from past entrepreneurs who have given me, you know, a coffee date, a quick phone call, mm-hmm. a quick email, um, and you know, I always try and do the same. So it's so wonderful to hear that too that you know, you know, you started from somewhere, you know, you're, you're building your business, but you know, a lot of people are looking for that advice. They don't have the support of four other team members to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might not even have friend and family supporter or, or any other type of buy-in. So it's so great that you are using your knowledge and your experience and giving back to future entrepreneurs
1: hmm No, it's so powerful. And a lot of times people, even if they don't have the support, they might just be even nervous to ask for help. And they might think, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a solo business owner. I just need to figure it out. And to an extent, you should be trying to figure out some stuff, but you can't know everything. So you shouldn't feel ashamed to ask for help and to seek out people who are experts in that space. Cause just one conversation, like you said, can make such a difference. Whereas you would have spent hours and hours trying to find the answer yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say is one thing you wish you would have learned before you, you started this business and became an entrepreneur?
1: Hmm. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> um, I think one thing would be maybe the approach to marketing with customers. I think this is such a stigmatized space and it's a brand new product. There's nothing else like this on the market. And so we've realized that it takes quite a number of touch points with the customer to first just get the brand out there, but then to also educate about this product, its safety, its features, how you use it. And so I think understanding that it takes time to build these relationships with customers and it might not happen overnight, but that doesn't mean that that person will never become a customer or become a member of your community. And so being able to track that and understand kind of that customer funnel and that journey to when they first join your community to when they eventually become a customer as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really good advice too, for any entrepreneur to learn um, that, you know, if you think about it, when you either want a new product or you're in a store, you might Google it, you might look at a review, then you might come back. I mean, the amount of times I get an email that says, oh, you forgot this in this cu- in your cart, Mm-hmm. Um most of the time, it's not that I forgot it. I just wasn't ready for that purchase. And then maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe even six months, a year down the line, you're ready for that purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, getting those touch points, um, and I think having those educational pieces where they're just constantly seeing the education, mm-hmm. understanding it, um, you know, one day someone will be ready. Um, but yeah, understanding that it's not gonna just take one time and then you think, oh no, they saw me at a pop up, they didn't buy, I'm a failure. Um, but knowing, you know, it's it's just that that education piece right now. And when they're ready, hopefully they'll they'll come in and become a customer.
1: And how can you then maintain those relationships too? I know at pop-ups, if someone's not interested right away, we say, oh, would you be interested in signing up to our email list? We'll then send yeah. you updates. We try and provide a lot of value-add content through our blogs and through some of that community and education. And so even if they're not kind of getting the product right away, how can we bring them into the community so that they can join and they can learn more and they can feel like they're getting the education and the value add. And then maybe later when they're ready, like you said, they can become a customer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've been in business for just over two years now. Um, what is one thing that you're extremely proud of that has happened with your business?
1: I think one thing would be the impact we're creating Um, and some of the messages we were kind of talking about earlier where people had felt for so long that their pain has been ignored and they didn't know that they were the only ones. So now to see a solution that they're having and we'll get messages that now I'm finally able to swim and I've never swam on my period before because I was so nervous or younger consumers will say I was so nervous to insert a tampon but with your how to use guide plus this new product it just went so smoothly and I wish that like everyone who's my age could like use a product like this. And so kind of hearing the impact that we're making in the community, And it led to us receiving one of the top 29 women leading the modern menstrual movement. So that was such an exciting recognition, not just Mm -hmm. because of the recognition, but kind of knowing that there's this overall movement happening around us with menstrual cups and with period underwear, and that this could be kind of seen as something to that level and caliber was so exciting to us because we look up to so many women in this movement right now. Um, And so receiving that recognition and seeing the impact that this is actually making on people was such a nice milestone and exciting and proud moment for us.
0: Oh, that's huge. C- congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, what is one thing that you still feel people don't understand about women's health or what what you're trying to accomplish in educating people about women's menstruation or educating them about um, you know, what makes your product different, maybe.
1: I think one thing is people don't understand why it hasn't been done before. And I think Mm -hmm. because the space was dominated by a few competitors for so long, there's never really been any incentive for them to innovate. They have majority of the market share. So why would they come out with a new product that's going to essentially cannibalize their sales? And so Mm -hmm. I think understanding that this isn't a niche product like we were talking about earlier, and it is an exciting time and the right time for Marlowe to come to market with a product like this. Um, is something that we're continuing to provide education on. And just that overall stigma, I think it's starting to happen where people are having the conversations, but there's so many people who are just really hesitant still to think this should be something you're ashamed of. We should just keep this hush-hush. And how can we kind of educate these people and kind of open up their perspective to say, this is something normal that's going to happen to people. And how can we create comfortable spaces so that these people can feel like they can be themselves and they not feel held back on their period?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can think of so many other things where there's only one or two kind of players in the market and everyone already thinks it's a saturated market. You're done. It's already been there, been there, done that kind of thing. And it's it's amazing to think that there's I mean, I I, I truly think that this is maybe even just the tip of the iceberg of things that can mm-hmm. continue to develop. Um, and I, it's it's so wonderful to see someone like yourself and your team doing something like this. And again, I keep saying courage, but it is courage to do this. I mean, someone has to be the first to step up and get uncomfortable, even though it shouldn't be uncomfortable, but get uncomfortable, have these conversations, be the first ones to sort of pioneer this, to move in that direction. Um, so yeah, I, I just continuously applaud y- yourself and your team to continue to take on this challenge, to have those those uncomfortable conversations, and hope that um, they just become natural. They they become a part of of everyday. Um, you know, it's not gonna be the blue liquid on commercials anymore. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be a taboo topic, um, but something that we just freely speak about, no matter if it's to another female or or just, um, yeah. I, I think the conversation is getting better. It's not there yet, of course not. Um, but I I hope that it is getting better.
1: I definitely think it is. And I almost feel like we're on a brink of like a revolution because Gen Z Mm -hmm. consumers, you see the kind of reactions and comments we get on our posts. Like people are just ready and they're tired and fed up. And like you said, they don't want to see the blue liquid anymore. They don't want to see a pink flowery packaging. They want brands that will (laughs) resonate with them and that will be modern and and understanding of their values of inclusion and sustainability. So people are ready for a solution like this. They're looking for it. Um, There's this whole trend on Pinterest right now called mindful menstruation so people want to take a more active approach i think for so long people were just almost on autopilot and we're just accepting whatever it is it was just okay my period's here go through it and then be done with it but now people are getting off the autopilot and taking it with a more conscious approach of what products should i be using how should i be treating my body how do i incorporate it into my overall wellness routine so it's exciting to see that this is a change that's happening and it's something that people are almost demanding that they want as a difference
0: Absolutely. I I remember having conversations with friends years ago, saying, you know, if males were the ones who had their period every month, they would get a week off vacation, Mm -hmm. it would be ingrained in our work policies that you would have this time off. No questions asked, you don't need to think about it. Um, And I mean, many women struggle that they can't move the Mm -hmm. first few days, or maybe even their full menstrual cycle. Um, But we're still we still have to get up, get dressed, go do our jobs, take care of families, um, be active, pretend like nothing's happening, doing all these things to kind of cover up when it's a drastic change in our emotions and our bodies mm-hmm. every single month. Um, and it's something that, yeah, I do hope gets better. I do hope that there's times where um you know, there's no question if you're taking a menstrual day, there's no question mm-hmm. if you're doing extra things to take care of yourself, those extra self care moments. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely hope for women's sake that it does continue to get there because it's um, something that, yeah, we, I think in the past, we've just kind of brushed off and you know, we, we don't really, we, we try and toughen up about it. And um, I do feel like we need to really just take care of ourselves during those moments.
1: 100%. And there are actually some companies who are starting to pilot um, menstrual health days during the month. So I think Eva Cup was one of the first ones at least in Canada to pilot a menstrual health leave. And so there's like a certain number of days each month that you can have, like you said, no questions asked, take them off. So I hope more and more companies can start to do that and can start to provide menstrual products in their bathrooms and have this be an accessible option for people. Um, that's something that I feel like will be the future is having these products readily available, having policies that are supportive to these people who menstruate in their workplaces, and having a culture where people can come forward and talk and have conversations about it without feeling like they're being judged or shamed for it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can have a conversation about this forever. I keep thinking of things. (laughs) There's so many things I keep thinking of. Like, the first thing that thought that came to my mind is, you know, just having tampons in every public bathroom like you have toilet paper like that's Mm -hmm. just what should be the norm but it's just not you have to pay money sometimes the machine doesn't work Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes you don't have any like there's just it's just ridiculous problems that we don't even think about because we've just so we've been so um conformed to this is what things should be um yeah it's 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 amazing the work that your team is doing um i i'm so intrigued by it i'm I'm so um, inspired by by it I, it's it's really great i think that there's there's a lot of amazing things that you're going to continue to do Thank
1: you so much. And no, it's super exciting on the workplace front, too. We're actually having some conversations with some workplaces who are starting to do this and provide free products in their bathrooms. So if anyone listening is ever interested in that, please reach out to us because I think it's something so important, not only in workplaces, but in schools as well. Um, And we're continuously advocating for policies around this to provide more accessible products to all
0: menstruators in workplaces amazing oh thank you so much um okay so we're gonna change things up a little bit i'd love to learn a little bit more about yourself so we're gonna go through a quick speed round of questions um so just answer whatever comes to mind (laughs) okay awesome (laughs) um what talent would you like to have that you don't have
1: oh um i would always love to be better at sports i growing up did a lot of music played guitar played piano I'm pretty active, but have never been amazing at sports. So if I could like be good at skating or like skiing or something very athletic and outdoorsy,
0: that would be a goal of mine. Cool. What is your greatest extravagance?
1: Oh, could you expand more on that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what is something that you have no problem spending a lot of money on? Ooh, I think... Maybe travel. I love to travel Travel. and love to experience new
1: things. And Marlo has actually been a great opportunity for that to be able to fly to different places and speak with people, meet with investors and different advisors. So when I'm traveling, I just love experiencing new cultures and meeting new people and will not not shy away from spending money well on those experiences.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same. Travel is always something I'm I'm ready to put the credit card down for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Oh, um, hmm. That's so hard. I think when people say that we were kind of talking a bit bit earlier, but that you shouldn't ask for help, or that you should just kind of try to figure it out on your own. I think to an extent, that's true. But there's always opportunities where you should feel comfortable to ask for help and to seek guidance and expertise from people who know more about it in that space.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is something you want to learn more about?
1: I want to learn more about entrepreneurship and what other people are working on. I think one of my favorite parts beyond working in this space and, and being an entrepreneur is connecting and hearing from so many passionate people about what they're working on. So if I can learn more about what people are doing, the innovative solutions that are coming out, especially in sustainability and climate change, I'm really eager to learn more about this space and how we can get involved.
0: Yeah, very cool. What's your favorite rainy day movie? Ooh, um, I love watching rom-coms like
1: The Last mm. Song or like I love watching Eat Pray Love. <laughs> That's always fun. So anything kind of just happy and in a good moment with those kind of movies. Yeah.
0: What is one quality that you most love about yourself?
1: Um I think that I'm determined, so I never take no for an answer. I'm always ready to figure out a different way to solve a problem. I know a lot of people on our team will come to me if they have something that they want advice on or they have a problem. And I get really creative at trying to find a solution and thinking about, okay, maybe this strategy didn't work but let me stay determined and think about something else that will. Um, so I really admire that about myself.
0: How would you like to be remembered?
1: I think as someone who was really giving and willing to give back, want to be known as someone who is a mentor for a lot of people and who inspired them to maybe think beyond the traditional path and the traditional way of viewing life. I know entrepreneurship is very non-traditional and it's something that's brought us so much joy and so much learning. It's been such a challenge along the way, but if there's some way that I can contribute back to our ecosystem and make policies that help and support more women and more diverse entrepreneurs to thrive, I really want to be remembered for that.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And the last question I have for you is, what is your favorite thing about being a female?
1: Ooh, um, I think just the opportunity to be really kind and nurturing to people. I know that's not only a female trait, there's other genders that have that as well but I think just kind of the special bond that you have with female friends and how you're always having like open conversations and you can be really vulnerable and transparent with them I think there's just something so special about a female friendship and um, we always talk about that with our community as well this power and empowerment of all these women and menstruators coming together is something so special so I think I really like that aspect of community and close friendships.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a special thing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your business and your story with us, Nadia. Um, where can we find you online? So we're available on our website,
1: com. Our TikTok is at We Are Marlow where we post a lot of amazing content and Mythbuster series as well as our Instagram at Marlowe. And then feel free to connect with any of our founders, whether that's on LinkedIn or reaching out on our Instagrams. We love speaking with our community. It's a thing we prioritize every single week to be able to speak to members of the community and hear their feedback. So we're always open to any conversations and seeing if there's a way we can help out.
0: That's wonderful. And then just to confirm, to receive your products on your website?
1: Yes, uh, to see the products on the website.
0: Okay great. Well, thank you so much, Nadia. I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it too. These small actions truly made the world to a small business owner like myself. You can also stay up to date with the latest podcast releases, behind the scenes, and insider info about each guest by following us on Instagram. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more about our sponsorship and partnership opportunities, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. It truly means the world. We wish you a wonderful week and hope that it is filled with creativity and love.